0: Welcome to the Alabaster Bible, an anthology short fiction podcast focused on gothic horror and magical realism. Please be warned that this podcast may address themes that are unsettling or triggering to some listeners. Content warnings will be provided before each episode, and listener discretion is advised. Today's episode is The Briar's Path. This episode contains content warnings for stalking, assault, Descriptions of bodily harm and some elements of body horror. If any of these subjects are triggers for you, please listen with caution. I now invite you to come in, make yourself at home, and listen to the tales of the Alabaster Bible. It was a warm day in the height of the Tennessee summer, and Sarah Price, a young lady of seventeen years, had gotten a late start that afternoon, returning from the house of her friend, Rebecca Lowe. Though the daylight was still long before her, she knew that if she kept to the main roads, as was her usual custom, night would fall long before she got home. Sarah did not relish the prospect of having to wander the dark roads as night fell. The deep twilight settles in these parts along the shadow back roads where the kudzu snakes up from the ground and chokes out the last embers of the sunset. In truth, Sarah was afraid of the dark. She worried about what it might bring or what might be waiting for her within it so afraid that she decided, instead of the main road, she would take a fork she knew that led down into the woods alongside. It was a gamble, leaving the safety and surety of the road for the uncertainty of the woods. But Sarah was long familiar with that path from her childhood, so it was a wager she felt comfortable in making. This led to a series of deer paths and half beaten foot trails thousands of youthful feet had run scattering through the undergrowth in search of adventure. It was a familiar place. She was among those questing multitudes in her younger days, and though her thoughts turned to less childish pursuits as she grew older, it still held a connection for her, a kind of kinship that, while hard to put into words, was very real in her heart, even in those latter days of her youth. When she reached the point at which she could choose to trudge dutifully along the road or turn off into the untamed wilds, she chose to step off the pavement. Her feet touched the gritty scrabble alongside the road that gradually petered out and became a grassy expanse that rolled like a carpet under the trees. Sarah walked into the woods, and the cool shade was peaceful and pleasant. Grass whispered softly as it brushed her denim-clad legs, and her footsteps were soundless as if she were floating along the ground around her the sounds of nature were thick the rustle of small creatures in the underbrush and the constant buzz of all manner of insects birds sang as they flew from tree branch to tree branch unbound by any earthly constraints the further she got from the road's well defined boundaries the thicker the trees became soon the path had become completely overgrown and she was pushing through the low brush, moving branches aside with her hands. She moved forward along the faint traces on the ground that her past mind told her would eventually lead her home. As she drew herself deeper into the trees, that background of natural ambiance began to grow faint. Instead of the sounds of birds and squirrels and all sorts of small things, a silence began to fall over the woods like a thick woolen blanket. This did not surprise Sarah. She knew from her time spent in this place as a child that this was the sound of the deep forest. This was the sound of age, of timelessness. If you listened closely, sometimes you could hear things in between that silence, things that perhaps humanity had forgotten long ago or never known at all. For the briefest of moments, Sarah thought she heard something there, a low, rustling sound that came from further along her path, something moving in the tall grass. But as soon as she thought this, the sound was gone, and there was nothing but the gentle swish of the breeze. And so she persisted. After a good while of struggling through some especially dense brush, Sarah emerged into a clearing. Here, the grass was low, and the hemlock trees soared high above, throwing long shadows to the ground below. Sarah stopped and took in the sights around her. This was a place of still, quiet beauty, and she almost felt as if she were intruding on something sacred. Something divine. She began to walk again and was halfway across the clearing when she heard that low rustling sound again. But this time, it came from behind her. And as she walked it grew louder. The rustling became a shuffling, became a single crack as something heavy snapped a branch beneath its feet, hooves, paws, and then there was only silence. In Sarah's mind there arose an image of a bear in the woods or a wolf, lean with hunger and searching for anything that would sate its bloodthirst. That feeling faded as soon as it had appeared for she knew that the bears in these woods were terrified of humans and she wasn't even sure if wolves lived here. All the same, Sarah's pace quickened as she crossed the clearing. She was no longer staring at the majesty of the hemlocks. Well into the thick of the forest now, Sarah found herself slowing as she was forced to work her way through thicket and bramble, moving aside the nettles and wild black bears that tangled her way forward. She swore she could hear something behind her, something that existed both on top of and somehow beneath the quiet of the forest. The same rustling, cracking, stumbling sound from before, it sounded like it was moving with her now, following her. Sarah walked faster, picking her way through the thorns of a blackberry plant. There was a sudden start in the brush behind her and Sarah threw herself forward, her hand catching on the black bear's thorns. She felt a skittering rip as the flesh tore. The stinging barbs left a ragged line that began to ooze blood almost immediately. Sarah swore and clutched her hand. She wheeled around to see what had startled her. Of course, there was nothing there. Nothing but the ever-present mass of the forest. Fear was creeping into Sarah's gut, but she was so deep inside now that turning back was no longer an option. She had no choice but to push on through the woods. Sarah dabbed at her hand gingerly with a corner of her shirt. It hurt, but the blood was already congealing and would leave nothing but the fine line of a scar before long. Groaning to herself over her own jumpiness, Sarah continued into the forest being careful not to snag herself on any more thorns. Behind her, she heard the noise again, the padding noise of something large moving. Sarah did not turn to see if anything was there, but quickened her pace as she moved out of the patch of thorns and further into the trees. She was just out of the reach of the thorns when she heard a snarl behind her. Sarah ran, pushing quickly through the clawing fingers of bushes and stumbling over the tangled mass of falling branches on the ground. Whatever it was, it was real. Whether it was a bear or a wolf or some other thing, it didn't matter. It was right behind her and it was moving fast, closer with every snap of a branch on the ground or thresh of a bush being thrown aside. She did not notice the half-buried tree root until she tripped over it. In a split second, she was in the air, then on the ground. Her face struck a half-buried log. The flesh of her lower lip pulled apart with a tear and she could taste the warm copper on her tongue. Sarah cried out and fell sideways, clutching her lip. She lay on the ground and the blood pooled between her fingers, softly dripping to the ground. She knew that this was the end. Whatever thing was chasing her would reach her, and it would be over in a flash of snapping jaws and ripping claws, and there was nothing. Sarah lay there, holding her broken open lip and whimpering, and there was nothing chasing her. There was no creature barreling at her, no animal nor half-forgotten eldritch being. There was only the sound of her own cries. Sarah picked herself up, her lip on fire, she accidentally brushed it with a fingertip. When she was steady on her feet again, she began to walk. And so, she persisted. It wasn't clear when it happened, but at some point, Sarah became aware of the fact that her lip was no longer throbbing. She cautiously touched a finger to where it had split. Maybe she'd imagined the extent of the damage before Because underneath the caked residue of dried blood, she could feel no injury. Only the rough texture of skin that felt like scar tissue. Sarah looked at the back of her hand where the brambles had torn at her. Maybe she had imagined that too. There was no more blood. The back of her hand showed only faint lines running ragged. Their texture at odds with the skin around them. She stopped walking and looked around. Behind, there was nothing but the soft green of the brush. Ahead, the woods opened up into a patch of marshland that surrounded a brook that cut a winding path through this part of the forest. Sarah had been here as a child, but she had never gone out into the marsh. Going through would be to risk getting caught up in the mire and drowning. Instead, she would skirt along the edge until she reached a point where the brook ended and there was a clear way around. She made her way down the gentle slope that led to the marshy ground that surrounded the brook, and Sarah was again taken with the beauty around her. It was late into the afternoon now, and the sun was starting to kiss the edges of the sky, filling it with a rich, golden light. The terror she had felt had been a product of that reptile part of her brain, a sliver of the unconscious that still saw fear in every twitching shadow and moving piece of grass. The glory of the scene below her chased those flickering thoughts from her mind, leaving behind a pure exultation that filled her very soul. The words natural beauty? That seemed a hollow and meaningless way of describing such a sight. It was a splendor unmatched by any she had seen before, and it was almost worth the fear she had endured to come to this point. Almost behind her. She heard the thing that pursued her, and the pit of raw terror in her stomach came alive and told her to run. Run, you fool, if you value your life. She nearly fell as she hurried down the embankment to the marsh, but Sarah kept her footing. Ignoring all caution, she barreled straight through the grassy scrub and into the wetlands. Her feet sank into the mud, and she was forced to slow, fighting with the very earth beneath her as her feet stuck, came unglued and stuck again. It was still there. She could practically feel its breath on her neck, could hear its murmured snarl and the sound of its feet in the mud. Feet, because she knew that it did not have hooves nor paws, but feet. She pushed herself through the mire, her clothes caking in the thick swamp mud and her nose filling with the rotten egg stench of organic decay. The brook was ahead, and if she continued, she would soon be lost in water that went over her head. The water was dirty and filled with debris and contained sucking mud that would pull her down and hold her. She would be forced to breathe in the fetid water and then she wouldn't know anything anymore. Hoping desperately for any way out, Sarah screamed. She tapped toward the far end of the marshland, away from the deep water. She was moving on pure instinct, hoping beyond all reason that her faint memories would guide her to safety. There was a soft squelch as the thing plodded in the mud of the marsh. It let out a deep, heavy sigh what could only be described as longing it scented her, and in the throes of terror, Sarah could not help but envision what would happen when it finally decided to strike. Sarah felt a change, in the ground below her, one of her feet had come up out of the mud and come down to find solid purchase. Her next two steps found their mark on the earth below, then three, then four, then she was moving into a run again. Running over the tufts of scrub grass that grew in the marsh, running toward where the trees came back in to surround her, running over the leaf matted ground, jumping over the low branches and tripping roots, running, stumbling, falling, something digging into her side, feeling her flesh give way, a warm pool that soaked into her shirt. Sarah's head collided with a rock, and everything went black. As she opened her eyes and struggled to her feet, she knew that she was not dying. The sun was low on the horizon now, just barely visible above the tree line. The scattering rays of gold would normally be a sight of beauty, but instead filled her with an indescribable dread. She did not know why she had been left alive, but she felt that if she were still in these woods after dark, her pursuer would decide differently. Her hand went to her side, where the burning, wet gash had been torn. She found nothing there. The skin was unbroken, and only a spider web of scar tissue remained in its place. But it had not simply been in her mind, for her shirt was ripped and crusted in dried blood. Her head ached, but there was no sign of injury. Looking down, she saw the rock splattered with a rust-red stain. And wondered why she was even still alive it didn't matter why she had to keep moving she knew she was close to the end now but if she stopped for even a moment she would be caught by darkness and then her life would be forfeit she was aching and alone feeling ready to give up and simply lie down but she had to keep going she could not let that thing behind her win could not let that inhuman monster take her and so She persisted. Sarah didn't even bother to think about the beast that was following her now. She knew it was there. She could hear it padding through the dense thicket and tossing aside branches and snarling at her. She didn't turn, just kept her eyes focused ahead as she walked away from the marshland and towards the border of the woods. The edge of the marshland was all bramble and vines and dense, low-slung trees that blocked the view to the other side. Sarah searched along the base of it until she found what she was looking for. Sometime in the distant past, small animals had begun to use a particular spot to travel through the brush, leaving a tunnel through the undergrowth that led to the other side. She remembered it from her childhood, and she thanked whatever god was watching over her now that it was still there. Down on her hands and knees, Sarah began to crawl along the path, paying no heed to the twigs and burrs that stuck in her hands and scratched to her face. She heard the parting of the leaves behind her, and she pushed herself forward, knowing that the beast was once again moving toward her. It was touching her now, a hand brushing the bottom of her shoe. She didn't know why, but she knew it was not a paw nor a claw, but a hand, and it was toying with her, because if it truly wanted, it could seize her and drag her all the way back. But it was playing with her letting her build up that hope of escape before finally snatching it away for good. Her fear fed it. Her fear sustained it. And yet, she could not help but be afraid. Sarah dug her knees into the ground and pushed herself forward. Forward and out the other side of the tunnel, emerging into the deep woods once again. Towering in front of her was something she did not remember from her childhood. A great elm tree, Easily five feet around the trunk and a hundred feet tall, somehow it had been spared by the blight that had killed so many of its kin nearly a hundred years before. This tree was a survivor, just like her. Sarah didn't know why she had that thought, but it was true. And if she wanted it to remain true, she had to press on to take those final few steps that would lead her down the hill to the old stone wall. On the other side of the wall, she would be out of the woods and onto the road, the road that led to home. And she knew somehow that the thing behind her was bound to these woods. If she left, it could not follow. He could not follow. Sarah knew with a certainty that this was the correct way to address this thing. It had feet and hands, and it was a he that was and was not a man. All at once. Behind her came a growl and Sarah jumped and began to run. She was racing for her very soul now. There was no pretense. The man thing behind her was no longer stalking. It was charging at her and she ran to keep ahead of it. She ran and her legs began to burn and her lungs filled with fire but she knew that if she were to stop for even a moment the thing would have her. It would grab her in its arms and rent her skin from the muscle and split her mouth open and pummel her head until she was bloody and bruised and her flesh hung like rags around her. And when she was utterly consumed by pain and terror, it would finally kill her. But she knew that her soul would never leave this place, that she would never know peace. Her friends and her family would think, if only we had known, if only we had seen it sooner. She ran. She pushed herself through aching muscles and a pain in her side that grew and grew and threatened to double her over. The wall was up ahead. The ancient stone from back before these woods were even woods. From the days when the rough folk who made their homes here had raised their sheep and their cattle and hoped for a better tomorrow that had never come. If she could reach the wall, she would be free at last. The man-beast tore after her, yelling now, no longer growling nor snarling, but yelling in a voice that was disturbingly human. If Sarah had been in her right mind, she would have sworn she could make out what the beast was saying as it screamed at her. A hundred yards to the wall, she tripped, stumbled, almost fell, but she picked herself up and planted her feet and ran faster. Her breath was ragged in her chest now, harsh and unforgiving as she struggled not to pass out. Fifty yards to the wall, halfway there, then halfway again, Sarah repeated it again and again as she heard the thing behind her scream not to leave this place, a voice that left all pretense of its inhumanity behind, a voice that she knew. 20 yards to the wall. She could make out the individual stones now, could see where the tree line ended. Sarah bent forward into a sprint and pushed with all she had left. The light around her was fading and the shadows were growing long now. The darkness was beginning to encroach on the forest. Ten yards. The beast screamed at her not to leave. Five yards. He lunged forward. One yard. Sarah vaulted the wall. She twisted her wrist and felt it give way with a snap. Sarah screamed, but she fought through the pain as she landed on the other side of the wall and continued to run for the tree line. She panted and fought against the cramp in her gut. And as she reached the edge of the woods, she slowed and stopped. He had stopped running after her, but she could still feel the beast behind her. He was waiting. He could not leave this place, but he could wait. And Sarah did not turn to look at him because she knew if she turned, she would not see the face of a beast nor a monster, but the face of a man. And if she saw his face, she knew that she would feel the urge to walk back into the woods. So she walked onward, and as she walked, she found that her wrist no longer hurt. And she wondered if perhaps she had only twisted it. But she had heard it break. And Sarah knew that in the years to come, she would find her wrist growing sore on days when it was cold or damp. Behind her, the man was still staring at her. She could feel his eyes on her back. And he was whispering to her, He was so sorry. So sorry for making her scared. If only. She would come back to the woods. Everything would be fine. Sarah kept walking. Soon the woods broke, and Sarah could see the dark line of the pavement in front of her. She was once again on the road. The light had faded now, bringing the onset of twilight that would lead to the still darkness of night. But Sarah was no longer afraid of the dark. And Sarah Price a young woman of 27 years set off on the road and began to make her way home. My listeners, it fills my heart that y'all would sit and listen to my tale, but I am afraid that the hour grows late and our time together must soon come to an end. If you must call me by a name, my name is August. It is not a name I was given, but rather one that I chose for myself. I hope that you decide to come by again someday, for my life has been a long one, and I have many tales left to tell. Thank you for listening. This podcast wouldn't be possible without your support, and I want you to know that I appreciate each and every one of you. If you like our work, please leave a comment or review. You can follow us on Twitter at Alabaster Bible, or reach us by email at TheAlabasterBible at gmail.com. This podcast is written and produced by Janiah Riley. Narration for this episode was provided by Janiah Riley and the theme song was composed by Funk McLovin. We hope to see you next time and remember to watch yourself out there. You never know. What's watching back?